0: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com.
1: And welcome to the Mackie and Judd After Show with uh, Zolgad and Declan Goff. We appreciate you uh, coming to us. As we look to, of course, keep the Score North vision alive, you can help us out. By doing a couple of things, one, please give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple if that's where you listen to us. It helps spread the word about our show to other Minnesota sports fans and also uh, subscribe to our Score North YouTube channel, youtube.com slash score north. For all those of you who have subscribed, we certainly appreciate it. Uh, All right, Dex, so we we just finished uh, Mackie and I doing a ranking of our top five Viking quarterbacks, or actually filled the top ten. I did top five. Viking quarterbacks of all time. And my uh, top five were Tarkington, Culpepper, Favre, Kramer, and Cousins. Phil's top five, I'll just give you that, were Tarkington, uh, Favre, Culpepper, Cunningham, and Kirk Cousins. Uh, Tommy Kramer fell outside, just outside his top five at number six. And in the course of you uh, listening to that discussion, you got an idea about what we like to call the alternate reality mm-hmm. on the Mackey and Judge show. So explain that. So...
0: I kind of looked at all the Vikings' random quarterbacks. There's been pop-up seasons. There's been a few franchise guys, not a ton. And I kind of wanted to take away all of that and, like, how would you want to restart a franchise knowing what each individual quarterback did um, during their one magical year? Maybe it's a franchise guy like Tarkington, Culpepper, or even Cousins. And who would you take? Mm-hmm. Even a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, who is, like, on Phil's big what-if. So
1: Still breaks your heart to this day.
0: Right, if I can shape the sands of time, if you will. Yeah. And go back and, and make something happen with, a, with a starting over on the Vikings with a franchise quarterback. And I have a list of all these guys, and I knew what they did during their peak season. I still think that I would build my franchise around Dante Culpepper. Dante was this freak athlete, small hands, but freak, freak athlete. Yeah. Who could bomb a football, take off and run like a running back, and unfortunately, knees his knees went out and it ruined his career. And yes, he had a big help in Randy Moss, everyone knows that. But I think just in terms of pure talent mm-hmm. and also I think Dante's game in two thousand peak Dante in two thousand three is very relatable to twenty twenty. I really think it is. It's close to Lamar Jackson, it's a super freak of Lamar Jackson and Pat Mahomes. if Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson were combined. I think that's similar to what Dante Culpepper is. Yeah,
1: and he certainly had some Cam Newton to him as well. Maybe, maybe
0: more of a, yeah, a Deshaun Watson and a Lamar Jackson. I shouldn't say Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes is the best. In yeah, 2004,
1: I mean, in 2004, in fact, I was covering the Packers that season for the Star Tribune back in the experimental days at the newspaper, and I still remember the game. I think it was uh, the playoff game that was played at Lambeau Field that year where the Packers were upset by the Vikings, Declan. And I remember watching Culpepper a couple times that year, thinking, "Oh my God, this guy has become a superstar like he's not a good quarterback. he is a superstar, and you're yeah. right, Moss uh helped him. There's no question about that, but he also did some things and displayed some abilities that um that went beyond just having a great receiver uh so if you could go back and and to your point to what you're saying too, you know keep in mind. Brad Childers took the Vikings job after Tice was fired in 2006 with the expectation that Culpepper was going to rehab, come back from the knee that he tore up in the game against Carolina back in 2005, and be his quarterback for a long time. So, like, you're not wrong. Brad didn't say, okay, I've got this job now, and I'm going to bring in my own quarterback. If you recall, uh, Brad Childress had been a pretty hot candidate to get a head coaching job around that time because the Eagles kept having success. And he was, it, it was a little bit odd because he was an offensive coordinator who didn't call plays. Andy Reid did in Philadelphia, uh, but the Eagles kept having success. And so Brad basically couldn't interview with teams for an extended period of time there because they would play so deep into the playoffs. And the year that Brad got the Vikings job was a year that the Eagles didn't have a great year. He took the job and I think a main reason why was he looked at the quarterback in Culpepper and said, Oh, I can build around this guy for a substantial period of time.
0: Very similar to Donovan McNabb like in Philadelphia. So So he was was familiar with that kind of guy.
1: Yeah. Interesting one. I don't blame you. Here's my question about Culpepper too. You know, so I transitioned from the Packers beat to the Vikings beat in two so 2004 I did the Packers. Two thousand five I joined Kevin Seaford in covering the Vikings for the Star Tribune. And you know The guy that I saw through that Carolina game was not that good. Oh yeah, he really he got off to a bad start. (laughs) Lenahan had been had left the Vikings, and he was always um, uh, Scott was given a lot of credit for how he handled Culpepper. And in 2005, and this is in Dante's defense, in 2005, Declan Red McCombs was so cheap that the Vikings' offensive coordinator was one of the nicest guys you will ever meet in history. His name was Steve Loney, and Steve was also or had been the Vikings offensive line coach, and Red McCombs wouldn't let Tice hire an OC, and so he split the duties. Think about this because this is done in college, but it's a lot to ask. He split the duties where Steve Loney was the offensive coordinator, so he's in charge of calling plays in the entire offensive structure and was also doubling as the offensive line coach. That's an incredible ask. Oof, yeah, it's a lot. And so I don't know. Dante didn't play great, and Dante certainly takes some fault there. But when you basically have a guy, when when you go from a guy that was considered, I think, a top-level OC at that time to having a poor guy trying to split the duties, mm. that that's a big ask. So in your alternate reality, if Culpepper doesn't take the hit against um, Carolina and then Childress comes in in 2006, and that whole thing fell apart from day one because Culpepper had been hurt, wanted a new contract, yep. and that's the whole thing where Brad was trying to talk about Dante re- rehabbing at the strip mall in Florida, and he's like, "I can see a Chinese food place. I can." See. It was just this little um, health club or something. But if you give Dante the right components, and Childress comes here, and Dante comes back and plays for Brad. And now your assistant coaching staff, because when the Wilfs got here, completely changed and the Vikings started to spend money. Yeah. If you create the infrastructure that Childress and the Vikings have to this day with the wolves, and plug Culpepper back in, I think you're probably right. I think that there's a fighting chance that Culpepper comes back and is really good.
0: Look, does Dante last 15, 16 seasons here like a Peyton Manning did in Indianapolis? Probably not. No, but I, agree with that. I I do think if he doesn't get hurt, he makes it through the decade. He at least, or at least gets through 2008, 2009, essentially a decade of starting for Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing. Yeah. He lost Randy Moss in that 2005 season. Just a quick little trivia question. Through the first two games to the Vikings lost, they got their butts kicked by Tampa Bay and Cincinnati in weeks one and two of 2005. Remember the Bengals game. Do you know how many touchdowns and how many turnovers Dante had in those first two games?
1: Touchdowns and turnovers? Yes. Uh, he prob- I don't off the top of my head, but, okay. I'll, but I'll guess. He probably had, because they, they were not good in those games. No, they lost 24-13 to Tampa There was Bay probably something one. like three touchdowns and seven turnovers. Dude, zero touchdowns, ten
0: turnovers, eight small, interceptions, small hands, okay. two fumbles, tiny little hands, Dante. Wow. Ten turnovers, not a single scoring play for Dante Culpepper that he was responsible for in those first two games. He actually kind of got... Is, is line back on track before his knee got torn up in the early parts of that Carolina game. But I really think Dante was so talented. And again, I know people like to say, well, because he had Randy Moss. Well, that, it wasn't just Randy. I mean, da- Dante had a cannon of an arm. He could make plays happen. And I really think in terms of just pure talent in their prime, I look at Cousins, and obviously Favre and Cunningham were like, yeah, they had amazing seasons, but they were past their primes. You know, like they had a resurgence. People thought they were back. But let's be honest, they were over the hill at that point. And Dante is only, what, 27, 28? your tongue on
1: fire, man. It 27, 28 years tongue. old. Yeah, no, he would have lasted. towards up? So if he hadn't got hurt in that game in Carolina, Tice gets fired. Childress comes in. Childress gets his hands on Dante. And I'm not saying that Brad was the world's greatest quarterbacks coach because he wasn't. But let's just say he's got the the infrastructure now of having an offensive coordinator and all of those things and let's also say that the two of them hadn't clashed you know i think Dante eventually would have much like uh cam newton has done now broken down because he did he did play that style he was going to run and true. and he wasn't afraid of um trying to hit a linebacker so i think to what 64260 i think to what you're saying he he probably go he probably lasts through 2008 or 2009 but before before it starts to fall off a lot. Right. Um, but, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. So mine, if I'm going to go alternate reality on quarterbacks, then I'm sorry. and Because this is going to rip your heart out because it always does when I talk about this guy. And I'd hate oh, to yeah. do, I hate to do this to you. And I'm part of the reason why I'm doing this is my own curiosity. Because yeah, it felt like it was on the right track. And just for a second, people, put the statistics away. Like, put your put your um, pro football reference page down and let's not hyper-focus on what he didn't do statistically. And let's go back to the fact that he got this team to the playoffs early in his career and – looked really good in the training camp before that and I'm going to go back to your guy Teddy Bridgewater Declan because because of what uh, could have been and I listen here's the one thing and I have no idea if the Carolina thing is going to work again the man's knee blew up okay so let's yeah, be fair or lost his leg, leg his leg blew up yeah. um so so I do think there's a good chance the ship has sailed on the, on what I'm about to say but there is no doubt in my mind that he had the ability the smarts he was incredibly smart. Uh, Teddy was, and and I know people hate this, but I'm sorry. In sports, to me, it's important. He had the intangibles. Yes. Guys followed him. It was yes. it was uncanny. It's it's literally the the 180 to me of cousins. hundred uh, percent. And you can't, and I've said I'll this the same thing. before, you can't play a position and legislate who you're going to be because of that. Like you can't sign a massive contract like Kirk did. And this is not to say that Kirk's a bad guy, okay? So please hear me out here. He's He puts up good stats, yeah. and he might be a great guy. I don't know him as a person, but I do know it when I see it. And Teddy Bridgewater had the ability to walk into a meeting room or a locker room or a huddle, which is incredibly important, and control things and earn immediately an How you do this, I don't know. I think it's a gift from God. Sure, But immediately have the, oh, my gosh, I respect this guy, and I want to win for this guy. And that doesn't show up in statistics. It doesn't show up on your Wikipedia page. But if you've got it, you've got it. And Teddy had it. And I would have loved to have seen the maturation of that, which by now would have come to a place where I think we would have gotten a definite determination of how much weight that carried.
0: Here's a question for you, too. Obviously, I'm sorry, yeah, I'm I'm very depressed. Um I, I, I was literally driving home from the a family's cabin when that news broke and I had a I had a friend that worked on the team and he, and he was telling me, dude, something really bad just went down. And then eventually I tuned in to some sports talk radio and figured out what what was happening and it was I mean, I I was remember being glued to my phone down 169 for 2 hours and figuring out this teddy thing and rushing home catching the Zim press conference where him and Spielman are basically in tears. I mean, that was awful. It wasn't just, oh man, you know, we we got an injury. We're going to address it. We're going to move on. People were distraught from what happened.
1: Declan, teams, and I know that that this is going to sound cruel, but NFL teams don't call practices off. Yeah. They don't.
0: And to be honest, they, at least they they don't, they don't do it publicly. They don't openly weep when a player gets injured like that, especially in football. It just doesn't happen. Correct. So I just remember how great that training camp was in those preseason games. And look, we have hyper-analyzed and overrated spring training and training camps and Wolves and, and, and all, all sports, right? But can yes, you sir. remember a more hyped and more ready-to-go training camp? It might be from recency bias, the 2020 spring training with the Twins. But can you remember a time where you were absolutely convinced that this training camp went so well that this season was going to be fireworks.
1: Did you go to the Sunday afternoon preseason game right before he got hurt against the Chargers the, was that, at U.S. Bank Stadium? Yes, I was. Okay. And, yeah. I, for the most part, can't remember tra- um, <laughs> preseason, preseason games. games. Yes. I can't tell you what was what. I am ordinarily bored beyond belief yeah, they're early. <laughs> they're terrible to watch. I mean, they are absolutely watching paint dry for the most part. Um, they all run together, you know, I, I can tell you probably about three that have uh, stood out and at least one or two probably involved Brett Favre after he got, he got, sure. um, um, or signed here, I should say, not traded here. But anyway, that Sunday afternoon game against the Chargers still stands out to me to this day and how that kid played in that game. And that it felt like he had taken a significant step up. So, so for those who said, well, 2015, he managed games. His stats aren't that great. Okay, if that's what you thought, as I watched him into um, training camp and the preseason of 2016, I felt that you were seeing that next rise of, yes. y- you think I can only manage games? I'll show you. I
0: actually think the thing that I remember most in the preseason is two things. One is the night practice that was at Blakeslee Stadium in Mankato. That was a fun one, too, where Teddy was airing some things out. Okay. And then also the first preseason game against Cincinnati. And I believe on the first drive... Teddy unleashes a bomb from the 50-yard line to, I think, Jerome Simpson. And it was, because what was what was his biggest flaw as a quarterback? He can't throw a deep ball. Arm strength. He can't, arm strength is not there, and he can't throw a deep ball. And Absolutely. Teddy just slings one. Like, on, in the first series of the first preseason game, and yes, it might be meaningless, but like you said, you went, oh my God, he is not just check down Teddy. He's not just a manager. This guy can sling it. Mm-hmm. And there was so many moments, and that's what I'm saying. I just can't remember another preseason Training camp for any major sport, where I was absolutely convinced this was going to be an unbelievable year for a Minnesota sports team. Mm-hmm. It, it might be this twin spring training, right? Or, and, and again, we'll never know. And, and that was not even more the spring training was going so well. It was just there was hype,
1: right? Exactly. That had nothing to do with one. Yeah, twenty sixteen yep.
0: Vikings. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. There was no major free agent ads. It was the same crew running it back. Uh, unless I'm I'm missing something completely. I don't think there was anyone. Everyone that was in place. No, because they traded for Bradford
1: then, and so that that was the major ad. So so so, so if Bridgewater doesn't get hurt, alternate reality um, Mm. two point oh. If he doesn't get hurt, what is your guess? Not about two thousand sixteen, but two thousand seventeen. You know, because Case had a really special year. That was a really good team. I mean, that defense behind them was just outstanding. What do you think happens if, because, you know, let's say Teddy goes from 2015 Teddy to an improved 2016 Teddy, and he's pretty damn good now, and now he's got another year going Mm -hmm. into 2017 with that personnel, with that roster in place. What's your guess about how that season goes? Because I will say this, I don't think they fall apart in Philadelphia.
0: I don't think they do either. I also don't think that they blow a lead against New Orleans. I think they manage the clock well, manage the game well. And again, there was not there was never any major, and this is why it was so rare in football and why it's hard to be successful, 2015, 2016, 2017, outside of the quarterback swapping of Teddy to Bradford to Case, everything else stayed the same. Yes, It was young players that were taking next step up. It was rookies being impactful. Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs around 2016 finally took the next step of all oh, these aren't just nice receivers. These are some of the best in the league. I think Teddy definitely gets them to thirteen and three. No if Case Keenum gets them to thirteen and three, yes, I think and Teddy Bridgewater lights gets them out. to thirteen and three. The defense is lights out, and I don't think they fall apart in Philadelphia. I really don't think they do either. I I would be very curious how they line up against New England because I think actually those two teams. A Brady towards the end of his twilight and a Teddy Bridgewater. Those would have been a, such a great match. Might have been a sexy football game. Mm-hmm. Might not have been, you know, the 35-28 that it was against the Eagles and Patriots, but that would have been classic 17-14 21-17 football.
1: Culpepper does not get hurt. Teddy does not get hurt. Does either one by now have have they won a Super Bowl? Mm. Dante, I will tell you, I don't think so.
0: I don't think Dante because he lost Moss. Um, I, and I don't think, the, unless the Vikings made another big free agent ad around that time, you know, Bernard Barrian was a big ad for them. Uh, but I look at what Teddy was able to do, and I think the infrastructure around Teddy was better than what it would have been if Dante doesn't get hurt. Because Brad had to build it back up a little bit, right? Yes, where by the time yes. Z- Zimmer—and Zimmer had to build things up, but that was before Teddy got here. Correct. So he was, was able part to— part of the process. Yeah, but yeah. He, he was part of the process and able to I'm mold this franchise where yeah. Brad was was thinking he was inheriting, oh, this is a multiple-time Pro Bowl quarterback, a guy that was runner-up in the MVP two seasons ago. Yeah, he's hurt. We're going to patchwork it with Brad Johnson and Tavares and see what happens. But yeah, I, I, I think— Teddy has a better chance of getting a Super Bowl than Dante would in an alternate reality.
1: And of both of those um, scenarios of alternate reality that we just painted there, I think my biggest question mark, and the thing that if I could go back and just watch one thing, like they don't get hurt and stick them back in, I think if I could only choose one thing, it would be to take Teddy and plop him into the 2017 season as the starting quarterback. Oh, I know. Because, you know, the Dante thing, look, I think if Dante and Brad had gotten along, and if clearly if Dante... Does not get hurt. He's not then trying to rehab in Florida and all, all of that. I think Brad would have gotten his wish of having a pretty damn good quarterback to start off off with. No offense to Brad Johnson, but Brad Johnson was old at that time. Right. Um, but I'm not so sure that there's that success. I do think that if you plop Teddy into the 2017 Vikings roster and he's their starting quarterback and, and now he's what three or four years into his career by that point. I oh, I don't I don't see it going sideways and I could see some of the things that eventually did go sideways, i.e. the NFC championship game, um you winning that game.
0: I think there's more accolades and more success on the horizon if Teddy doesn't get hurt than Dante. Cuz Dante they like like I was just saying they had to rebuild things back up where Yeah, no you're Zimmer, right. Zimmer builds you're right. everything else already and it was all de- all determined on if Teddy Bridgewater can either be the same or take the next step. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I think Teddy probably wins a Super Bowl, is more likely to win, I'm not going to say guarantee, but more likely to win a Super Bowl than Dante would have been. But I still think if Dante doesn't take his, get his knee shredded up, he's 43, he's the same age as Tom Brady right now. Dante Culpepper is 43 yeah, years I old. think
1: I think he's out of the league probably by, yes, by about is. 2010, because the, the punishment... Sure. would have accumulated on his body. And I
0: doubt he would be able to transform his game to be a pocket passer and be successful.
1: And I think the question, too, is is if you put Culpepper in the West Coast offense, which becomes a question mark with Bevel and Childress, mm-hmm. does that go as well? I just, I'll I'll say this. It occurs to me, and we've talked about this a lot before, but it occurs to me that Mike Zimmer, deep in his heart, does not like quarterbacks. And he, he tolerates them. Can't stand him. There's a reason why he loved Teddy. Yeah. And and I will say that you can't. You can look at all the stats you want, and you can twist them any way that you choose. But in covering Teddy, there was a it factor to him that very few people. Have, I mean, Brett had it, but Brett was also by that point what twenty years in or so, a Hall of Fame quarterback, or eighteen years and, in, and much different styles. Uh, yeah, but, but but I no, but I'm talking that, about, yeah. but I'm yeah, I'm talking about a locker room being like, oh my god, we love you. Yes, and Teddy had that weird X factor. And look. Kirk Cousins can put up all the stats he wants. He can be as good as he wants to be in the box score and all of that, and that's all great. Uh, and he can make some really impressive throws, and he's got talent. But I've never seen Kirk's teammates, this is going to sound weird, look at him like Teddy's teammates look to Teddy.
0: I'm, I'm with you. I've been in those locker rooms too, man. It's the same thing. And I know I, you're, I totally got and that, I know that makes you sad. I'm sorry it, about I'm, that. I'm very depressed, so. Let's end this.
1: Okay, that's it for the Mackie and Judd after show, which uh, is Zolga and Declan Goff. Again, please give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple. Help spread the word about our show to other Minnesota sports fans. And you can also help us by subscribing to our Score North YouTube channel, youtube.com slash score north. We appreciate it. I'm Judd. He's Declan. We'll talk to you later.